morning and welcome to Talking Green, a four-part podcast series in partnership with Nedbank Commercial Banking. My name is Paul Herman, editor at the AdSpace Studio, and with me today we have Nick Headley, an energy and climate science journalist. Nick is a columnist here at News24 Business, and he's going to talk to us today about the global energy transition. Which countries are in the lead, where South Africa stands, and what this means for South African businesses. Nick, lovely to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Paul. Great. So diving right in, what exactly is the status of the global energy transition today? What are some of the key dates and targets that are expected to be hit? So the energy transition is very far behind schedule. The world started very late on it, um, which is very problematic, obviously, because it means we have to go even faster now than we would have. Um, But that said, it's starting to gain some a really serious traction, which is obviously very important for the climate and um, energy security. So in terms of the actual goals, the world needs to cut carbon emissions by 45% by 2030, which is obviously a massive ask and politically undoable, unfortunately. But um, there's some... Like I said, there's some serious traction now. Um, Some countries are really showing what can be done and what the rest of the world should be doing. So most of the big, um, biggest emitters now have plans to phase out um, the use of carbon in their electricity systems by 2030 or 2035. Um, Some countries are pretty much already there. So, um, and a lot in South America, actually. So Uruguay has just run on... 100% 100% renewable energy for the past four months, uh, and most of that was actually wind power. Um, Chile is ran on 61% renewables so far this year, uh, and then Europe, there's a lot of very interesting things happening. So Portugal has run on 75% renewables this, so far this year, Denmark over 80%, um, and then all the way down in, in Australia, the state of South Australia gets close to 80% of its electricity from renewables every year. Um, A lot of those places will get to the 100% mark by 2027, which is really soon. That's just four years away. Um, And they're really kind of showing the rest of the world what's possible and what can be done. So that's all very interesting. So where would you say South Africa currently stands in its own transition? Very far behind the curve, unfortunately, um, and that's because our renewable energy program was kind of canned in 2015, which made no sense. It was a very poor political decision um, driven by politics, unfortunately. So because of that, we started falling very far behind the rest of the world. We currently only had around 9% renewables in our electricity mix, and um, that's exceptionally low compared to the rest of the world um, and compared to a lot of African countries as well. So we've got a lot of catching up to do. Um, Unfortunately, the sort of state-led side of things is still just far too slow and far too unambitious. But the good news is that households are coming to the party. We now have about 630 megawatts of installed solar panels on household rooftops which equates about half a stage of load shedding eliminated during the middle of the day. And big businesses, um, the government has kind of freed them up. About two years ago, the government changed the rules and it basically allowed private companies to invest in their own electricity. There's now a pipeline of about 65 gigawatts 
of clean energy projects in the pipeline, which is more than enough to resolve load shedding and sort of set us up for a, a cleaner future. Um, a lot of that won't be possible just because we have underinvested in our national grid for so long that we're having congestion constraints and grid capacity constraints already, but a lot of it will come online and, and that's that's really positive. So we're far behind the curve, um, and which in a way is a good thing because we can learn from others that are ahead of us. Um, we're far behind the curve, but we are starting to catch up slowly. So obviously this is a global transition um, that has bind from many countries around the world. What are the core reasons behind these specific targets and what are the concerns in not meeting them? Yeah, so I mean the whole kind of point of the energy transition is to reduce carbon emissions. Um, it's not just electricity, so that's every single sector. So like I said earlier, we need to reduce, the world needs to reduce emissions by 45% by 2030, which is technically possible, but politically kind of impossible. We're not actually going to make that target. That, that target is aimed at limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius on average. Uh, again, not going to happen, but it's about limiting the damage beyond that now. So stopping it from getting almost catastrophically bad. Um, rising The increasing concentration of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere is the biggest driver of global warming and climate change and the impacts on every industry, agriculture, so food production, food security, um, and infrastructure and just general kind of safety of the planet is at risk. And that's that's what this is all about, really. But there's a little bit more to that now. It's now also wind and solar are by far the cheapest sources of new electricity the world's ever had access to. So what started really as a, a climate mitigation thing is now just um, good for business and good for economies around the world. So this obviously has effects specifically on South African firms. How would you say this transition trickles down to them? What are the biggest effects on industry and business? So for South Africa, there's sort of two parts to this. The first is that the transition isn't actually about shutting down coal plants. It's about closing our energy supply gap. Um, we have a huge shortfall of electricity in the country. And that's actually only going to get bigger as we have another five coal plants that reach the end of end of life this decade. So we need a hell of a lot more capacity to come online and very soon. So the energy transition, firstly, in South Africa is about adding new capacity and new capacity that's cheap and can be brought online very quickly. So every megawatt of new solar and wind that comes online gets us a little bit close to firstly closing the supply gap and secondly restoring energy security and secondly for businesses this longer term trickle down effects are that the sort of additions of solar and wind keeps electricity price inflation in check because they are by far the cheapest sources of new electricity that we have access to and just to demonstrate that in the last two rounds of South Africa's renewable energy procurement rounds the average cost of solar and wind was around 48 cents a kilowatt hour and a new coal plant would cost close to 150 a kilowatt hour, so three times as much, pretty much. So it's about keeping electricity costs in check and closing the supply gap. So you've mentioned some interesting uh, insights there, especially around the increasing affordability around wind, 
What should South African businesses know about the transition that perhaps is not publicized as much, but is still very crucial? I think the most important thing is the risk of South Africa and businesses themselves falling behind in the energy transition. There's some some serious risks to being a kind of global laggard now. And the biggest risk is probably um, carbon border taxes being implemented in places like the EU. Other jurisdictions are following, including the US and Canada and and others around the world. Um, So for anyone who's looking to export, that's a huge risk. You're going to become a huge amount less competitive as carbon border taxes come into play. Because South Africa relies on more than 80% um, on coal for more than 80% of its electricity, we're going to pay a massive carbon border taxes when exporting to places like the EU. So that is one thing I think that is not quite fully understood and really needs to be. The second aspect of that is access to capital and investment flows. Um, Investors and banks around the world are increasingly trying to align themselves with the goals of the Paris Agreement to limit climate change. And they they are increasingly directing their investments towards clean energy and businesses that are aligned to the goals of the Paris Agreement. So if South Africa falls too far behind and if our businesses fall too far behind, we're going to struggle to gain access to finance and investment flows and to export markets. So from a practical point of view, where is one place a South African business should or could start when looking at its own energy transition goals? So the very obvious place to start is supplementing your power, supplementing your ESCOM power with far cheaper and cleaner um, ele- electricity from solar and wind. The first place to start there is rooftop solar, which thankfully there's, there's a huge amount going on in that space right now. So solar panels on your rooftops, solar panels on your carports, your parking lots, um, and that reduces your cost of electricity. It comes with obviously upfront investments, but it reduces your electricity costs and can also... Um, improve your energy mix which will help a lot if you're an exporter obviously Uh, there are two ways to go about it though you don't need to invest your own upfront capital so if you have capital to invest in your own solar plants great but you can also do a sort of solar rental agreement and there are are plenty of companies out there that will fund your installations and then you just pay them a rental which is still cheaper than ESCOM electricity so it's you don't necessarily have to have a lot of money at hand to to do this. What else should uh, the SA business community be looking at? Obviously a lot of risks in falling behind in the transition, but there are also some really big opportunities out there. Um, The biggest one for South Africa is to become an exporter of low-carbon goods, and that's where there's some massive opportunities that are just starting to be sort of looked into. Um, One sort of flagship project that I think demonstrates this very well is ArcelorMittal's steel plant in in Soldana, um, just up the west coast here. That became very uneconomical because of steep electricity price tariffs um, and general dysfunction in the country. Uh, But ArcelorMittal is looking to restart that plant now, but using green hydrogen to produce steel. So it's going to potentially produce very, very low carbon steel, which it'll be able to sell at a huge markup in Europe and places like that. 
And I think that demonstrates very clearly the opportunities that there are to align yourself to this kind of global electricity, global energy transition rather. Um, so as much as there are risks out there to falling behind, there's also huge opportunities to basically reindustrialize South Africa in line with the global energy transition. And if you would like to leave a business leader or business owner listening with one thought on this issue, what would that be? I think it's just to become more aware of what's going on around the world. There are two mega trends globally um, that you do not want to fall behind as an economy and as a business. The first is the sort of digital transition to um, artificial intelligence and tools like that. You, you can't afford to fall behind in that. And the second is the global energy transition. Those are the two things that are really kind of defining this decade. You can't, you can't afford to fall behind in either of those areas, basically. Um, at the same time, on the flip side of that, there are huge opportunities if you can be among the leaders of, of either of those. There are opportunities in being a producer of low-carbon goods, um, in shifting your electricity to clean sources, clean and affordable sources, and there's obviously opportunities in being an early adopter of things like artificial intelligence. So there's two sides to this coin. There's big risks and there's really big opportunities. And, and I think South Africa, we're kind of in a little bubble and we, we're not really aware of how just how fast things are changing in the rest of the world. And we, we can't afford to fall behind. Thank you so much, Nick. That was very insightful. And thank you for lending us your time today. Thanks, Paul. Thank you for tuning into Talking Green, a four-part podcast series on business sustainability in partnership with NetBank Commercial Banking. My name is Paul Herman. Thank you and tune in next week for more.